Welcome to the podcast Imperfect. I'm Carol Bartek. And I'm Rebecca Nisko. Thank you so much for tuning in to our first ever episode. We're really excited to talk to our first guest today, Carter Vale. Yeah, we uh, actually went to high school with Carter. He is a musician and uh, music producer currently based in Nashville, Tennessee. We're so excited to talk to him about his full-length, first full-length album, Red Eyes. Mm -hmm. And his EP, The Interstellar Tennis Championship. Amazing. Well, we hope you enjoy. Uh, so I, we would just love for you to just say your name, you know, where you're currently based and what you do and any sure. other stuff you want to introduce yourself with. And everything about me. Uh, no. Every, uh, what's your life story? <laughs> <laughs> um, I am Carter Vale. I am a music artist and sound mixer and engineer and producer, I guess. Just sound guy overall, as stated before. And I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. That's so cool. cool. Are you liking Nashville? How long have you been there? I have been here, I moved like right after graduating. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been here two years now, oh, maybe more, cool. maybe less. I don't know when we graduated. Um, it feels like forever ago, right? Like. <laughs> um, and yeah, I love Nashville. Uh, I don't feel like I get a very good sense of what the city's all about because mm -hmm. I, I work at home and I do everything just from my home studio. I like the Nashville that I've seen, but mm -hmm. pretty much I, I've spent one year uh, in the beginning kind of doing a little bit of the sightseeing, then everything locked down and I've just been in my house since. So, but so I like that's it. Yeah. The mood. <laughs> it's such a such a great music scene though. So yeah. that's hopefully when COVID lifts, you'll be able to perform and explore more, hopefully. hopefully. Yeah. That's the hope. Did, did you get, <laughs> Did you have the chance to perform in Nashville or around the country before lockdown or was that sort of just all? Yeah, I, I played some shows in Nashville. Um, I was going to go on tour. I was supposed to be playing South by Southwest um, last oh. South by Southwest. Oh, that and then sucks. Literally the day before we I booked my hotel, they canceled South by Southwest. Oh, that uh, is so painful. <laughs> it, it ended up being okay because I'm mm -hmm. I I don't love traveling that much, yeah. so it was kind of like oh I guess I don't have to buy a hotel now or <laughs> rent a hotel. Right, and get that all back. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. That, COVID has just turned our life around, but you released two huge projects in 2020: your EP and your album. So can you talk about that a little bit? How? Did, you know, COVID affect that process at all, or did it help in a sense? So the first project was the the record, and um, that had been, I'd been recording for a long time. That was kind of the first serious, quote unquote, music that I'd done as, as my own artist project. And yeah, I, I released it, and then we did a little promo stuff for it, but it kind of existed, the, the whole creation of it existed before all of this happened. Mm -hmm. And then obviously I didn't get to like tour it or anything because of all this. Uh, the second thing, the Interstellar Tennis Championship, which is the title of my, the, the EP that came out, that was entirely 
based off of me going completely insane living here and never going outside and so that's the what came of that um so yeah it definitely impacted that one <laughs> because i don't think i would have made an ep about the interstellar tennis championship no wasn't absolutely insane here <laughs> and um i i saw you post on instagram when you were promoting it this is not your first interstellar inspired <laughs> piece and I, you probably don't remember, but in sixth grade, we had Six Red Idol. And... I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wait a second. Because... <laughs> oh, God, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> you won first place. Um, Karen and, and I, I were just runner- a little salty. <laughs> we were runner-ups. We came in second place. <laughs> so um, we're just a little salty about it. But um, yeah. yeah, it's great okay. that you remember it. <laughs> I'll have you know, I have the trophy. I think it's in Nashville with me. It's like oh. a little plastic shooting star trophy. <laughs> and it was me and Sean Diedrich. And Whoa. yeah, uh, and it was, I think I know all the, I'm not going to recite the song, but I know, I know it. Rebecca and I <laughs> we, totally we know, still know ours. ours yeah. Good. Oh man. I'm so yeah. happy that someone else is still thinking about that. Because I still think about that. Yep. It's, it inspired my music career. I don't know about you, but it's, it's really, so really got me going. I'll, I'll be like somewhere totally random and I'll be like, because Rebecca and I's were just a bad day. And so I'll just start like singing. Daniel Powder? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I'll just sing, I'll sing our lyrics instead. And I'm like in the subway or something, you know, and I'm like, oh God, who am I? And we, we, we had choreography. It was. <laughs> Gotta have the choreography. <laughs> It was, it was pure, amazing. like, sixth grade angst peak, you know? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I, that's the best. Oh, my God. I, I remember, uh, for some reason, the song Bad Day by Daniel Powder also, like, holds a very special place in my oh, yeah. memory because it's just, it's so tied to that time. Because it was on the radio, <laughs> like, four times a minute somehow. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, my, I think mine was to... Uh, Oh, what's that Jason Mraz song? I'm forgetting the, the title of it. I'm yours? Uh, yeah, one. it was to I'm yours. Oh my god. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Damn. That's a wow. thrill. Incredible. Yeah. Well, I mean, I saw I saw you post about it and I was like, I'm salty. I guess I guess I'm just like thinking about like who are your like biggest influences other than like Daniel Pattern. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Mraz. Jason Mraz. No, but like seriously, like who were, especially for your albums, like who were, who have been your biggest influences? Was it something that like, were, were you thinking about channeling certain artists or was it like, you know, screw all that. I'm going to do my own independent thing and breach the, I don't know, be a pioneer. I wish I, I, wish <laughs> I was like that. I'm not like that. <laughs> I, uh, a lot of the time, uh, so the stuff that I was listening to while making the record was probably a lot of the national. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of the stuff I make, it, and I, I don't know how how you guys feel about um, about influences, but I'm I'm very conscious of when I'm making something. I'm I can see exactly the artist that I'm listening to in this in the creation i'm like oh damn that's a little close to this um and so i try to fight against that but uh some some of my biggest influences recently have been the national what else the strokes Hmm, now i can't phoebe bridgers i love phoebe bridgers 
can recommend. <laughs> but I also can recommend your music wholeheartedly. Like it's so Rebecca and I it, talk about it. No, yeah. like we were talking about it a lot because it was it's like it feels so nostalgic and. Oh, thank you. Like now that I'm, I mean, I'm okay. I know this is probably not purposeful, but like I'm driving through Wilton all the time and I'm like listening to your record and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> it feels like kind of really special to where we all kind of come from in a sense. You, which is you know, awesome. I, I, I don't know if a lot of people from Wilton feel this way or maybe everyone feels this way about their own hometown, but I'm always thinking, like, I think about college a fair amount because we were just in college and all that, but I still think about like Wilton all the time I'm always thinking about the people from there and like the weird interactions and I think I'm always referencing that and like more so than than writing about stuff from what's happening in my life now or what was happening in college I'm I feel like I'm always pulling back from from time there so I'm glad that it comes across that way absolutely yeah it's there's a yeah sense of like timelessness to to your sound and I know you mentioned we were doing research and I found this thing on your website and it was saying your mom is from South Africa, right? And your dad's from Tennessee and you grew up listening to a lot of that music from both your parents, I guess. And so obviously that inspired your own sound. How would you describe your style and do you think it's important for an artist to have their own voice? Good question. <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know really how to describe my own style. It's I'm trying to be less of, it's it's so cliched for people to be like, oh, I don't fit in a genre, but I'm trying to not fit in a genre more and more. Um, I think in the past I've been very indie rock and uh, folk before, before that, but I'm making some stuff now just kind of for fun that's more like indie dance and like bedroom lo-fi stuff. And so I'm kind of trying to do just whatever comes to mind in the moment um and less of I love that yeah it's 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 a lot of fun it definitely doesn't seem like you're bound to a genre I feel like when I listen to like the instrumentation you have and the different like the songbook that you have published on say Spotify I I don't feel like there I mean I feel like there's definitely like thematic relevance to them all especially per album per EP but yeah I don't feel like you're caged into one genre thank you well that that means a lot thank you so much (laughs) What about you two? Do you feel like your art, do you pay any mind to how you, the thing you're making in the moment fits into like the catalog you've created? Yeah. Always. I, I struggle with finding my voice all the time. And like, everyone's like, oh, when you when you hear your music, it sounds like you. But I just, like you said, I don't know how to describe my own style at all. I don't know what I sound like to the general public or whatever. That's so funny. I think Rebecca has such a strong voice. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, thank you. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a bit different for me too, because I, as a film composer, compose for the film. So doing whatever the film needs as well. But yeah, I just do whatever. I mean, especially now that I'm in school, just taking the time to just experiment and figure figure everything out. So I mean, I think about it all the time. But like you said, I'm just trying to do whatever I want. <laughs> so I, yeah. I definitely get that. I think it would be challenging there's there's definitely a level of there, there's positives and negatives to both sides of it but i i assume if you're working for like a, a specific project trying to write something for uh for a film you have the added pressure of trying to match the, something that's already there and i think that would be hard I, I can't imagine having to see something and go what does that sound like to me but on the flip side i think there's when you don't have anything like that when there's no 
oh, that's what I'm writing for. It you can sometimes like show up to writing something and be and you're kind of ooh, what I have no yeah. idea what I want to say right now. So yeah, mm -hmm. it seems like two very different um, ways of sides of the coin. Yeah. yeah. It's a little bit different. I, I haven't really thought about it that way before. Because I mean, oh, I you're making films primarily. Yeah. You're doing... Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What kind? Of, what's your like? What's the mo for how you make stuff? <laughs> I don't. It's a really good question. Um, I've <laughs> basically we all we all don't know anything. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like a really close collaborator of mine. Um, he said to me the other day. He was like, you know, it seems really messy, and I like that about you. And I was like. Thanks. <laughs> so, um, so I, I do a lot of um, producing and a lot of assistant directing. So in terms of those are way more logistical. Not I don't sure there's an art to producing, say, but that's more about being a people person and like how to approach people and stuff. But when it comes to writing my own films, making my own films, directing them, it's like uh, <laughs> I have like an idea. It's like a seed of an idea. And I have like a feeling for how I see it and the mood that I want to evoke and I usually have a character I usually see everything through like a kind of character and then I I word vomit a lot and then I just pick away and then that's how I end up with something I guess sure. yeah <laughs> I, I think it's it's tough to describe process because so much of the time it's like it's I, I'm sure it's different every time you sit down to do something new I I, I feel like every time I try to to do something, even if it's a song that fits in the same project, I'll sit down and be like, oh, I've completely forgotten how to do everything. And mm -hmm. then it's always like starting from scratch. Yeah, it's, you can never decide when that tap is gonna turn off and when it's gonna work. Like, you know, you can sit down and it'll be, you know, you will flush your ideas out in an hour. You'll just be sitting there for like eight hours and you're like, I suck, I'm horrible. Like why, I can't do anything, I mean, I feel not like writing, not to be self-deprecating, but <laughs> no. But I, I feel like writing is probably the most painful process. Just like writing, like if it's music writing, if it's writing down words, if it's writing lyrics, I feel like it's probably just like the most painful. I just like creating something from nothing is so painful. <laughs> you know, yeah, like just it's a, excruciating. It's a terrible process. I don't know why anyone does it. No one should do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't like it a lot of the time. I feel like it's making anything like that is it's always the the swing of oh I'm terrible at this and then you do one thing and you're like I'm the best to ever do it but yeah you just spend most yeah. of the time on the extremes yep there's no there's no middle ground exactly you've been doing a lot of um short videos posting on your Instagram which are I find are hilarious like TikTok format but you posted this video i don't know when it was but i remember seeing it and i related so much and you said how do you know when you're done with the song and then i thought it was gonna be like oh he's gonna give us some advice and then you go like when you hate yourself yeah. and i was like yeah i mean absolutely 100 percent, yeah but <laughs> i mean real talk besides that how do you feel comfortable enough to like release release an ep release an album release a single like how do you know when it's when it's done that's a good question um i think to me, so I, the way I go about my own music is I have a, a great band that I live with. They're all out that door and they absolutely destroy their instruments. They're so fantastic. But all the production and the mixing and the mastering, I do all myself. So it kind of does lead to 
a lot of, because I'm mixing my own voice, I have no idea if it ever sounds good. And how, how much have you, have you gotten into like the kind of mixing side of, of music at all? Yeah. I mean, it's a whole other beast. Like I feel yeah. like composing is 50% and then mixing is like 50%, you know, it's, it's a whole other beast. Yeah. It's a, it's a bit of a nightmare for other people's songs. My, my like quote unquote day job is, is mixing. So I, it's fairly obvious to me when other people's songs are done because I go, oh, that sounds as that's the best their voice will sound, um, or that's the best this guitar is going to sound, and it fits together with itself. But for my own music, it's much more challenging because I kind of I don't ever have any level of of objectivity, so it's kind of a guessing game the whole time. But recently, I've been trying to make stuff that's not so serious. Um, I don't spend a lot of time trying to like. I'm, I'm losing the the idea of like oh I need to present myself as a serious artist because music is so silly it's it's all like oh I'm singing about my feelings like who that doesn't matter so much um and so I kind of just do stuff and if I think a lyric is is if I like it I don't rewrite it and go I don't I don't keep going over it until I think it's perfect because I don't think I'll ever think it's perfect. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to let go of that kind of, oh, everything needs to be spot on perfect. Because so much of the stuff I like is is messy and unpolished. So if that makes I sense, that. that was a bit of a random. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That was like, oh, I love it. Totally. Perfect. I, I feel like everyone can relate to that because no one is ever going to be 100% happy with whatever they put out. You'll revisit something in a few weeks and you'll be like, Sometimes I cringe, like actually cringe, but um, you know, it's all part of the process. I love it. Absolutely. Do you do you revisit your music a lot, or do you, I mean, if you, after you put it down, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I, I accidentally sometimes listen to some some old stuff that I put out. Like if I listen to anything on Red Eyes, which is the the first album I put out, I I can't listen to more than five seconds of it without being really. Like, What's happening? Really? Oh, we really like it. <laughs> um, well, you mentioned you live with some really great performers and your day job is mixing. So can you talk to us a bit about Happy Camper Studios and how that got started and, you know, what you do, I guess, a, a bit more detail on that? Yeah, for sure. So I run a studio in Nashville. Um, we're called Happy Camp Studios. We were all in a band in college. It's uh, me, Andre Bernier, Reed Gaines, and Garrett Frankel. And we moved all to Nashville and just started collecting a bunch of gear. And people, we've been lucky enough to have a, a good amount of people want to record with us, uh, whether they be friends or people around town. And yeah, it's kind of what I do all day, every day all the time, forever, and always. Do you love it? <laughs> I, I love, I really love uh, making music, but like any job, it's because I'm, because no one's telling me to go home or clock out or anything, I end up mixing music seven days a week from 9 a.m. till 9 p.m. And it just, I go a little crazy, but then sometimes it, it's like uh, writing music, I think, where it's some days you just feel like the worst mix engineer in the world. And then other days you feel on top of the world. Yeah. You know, it's like anything else. I'm trying to find the balance of having a real life and also getting my work done. So do you feel like in COVID it's been easier to just keep grinding 
or do you think it's because there's like nowhere to go or do you think it's been harder like has there been an issue with workflow during COVID at all for you um no because before COVID I was doing the same thing um just mixing in my studio all day anyway um so it was largely uninterrupted which is is a good thing but I've I think as a person, my my tendency is is to go work all the time. If if there's anything to be done, I'll do it all the time. Yeah, and that's manifested itself in just literally never leaving my house. And then COVID hit, and I was like, oh, now I can't leave my house. But yeah, okay. it's it's good. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, we're learning. Yes, absolutely. What is the weirdest thing around your house that you've sampled into your music and mix into your music have you like is there a weird object household object that you just decided to sample like oh this might be cool let me think probably maybe uh <laughs> some samples that i have used it's, it's not really from around my house but my brother is uh fluent in french awesome. and a few other languages as are the three of us I have forgotten all of it. And sometimes I think that I can speak French and then I hear French and I go, oh, right. I don't know how that, I don't speak that at all. It's a little talking like this, right? And then on peut parler en français comme ça, oui. Et après, on commence. She teaches French. She taught French. Really? You retain. That's amazing. I also took some in college, so it's not like, I kept practicing. Okay. I got out of Madame Berlier's class and it's gone. Um, I wish that wasn't the case, but yeah, but so my, my brother, uh, speaks mm -hmm. French. That's awesome. Uh, a, a section of one of my songs that he's speaking French. Mm -hmm. Aside from that, I mean, most of this, I, I'm using boring real instruments, I think for the most part. Mm. There's nothing boring about real instruments. So boring. No, there's <laughs> nothing boring. Although actually recently, as in yesterday, I just picked up this new thing. And <gasps> oh, it's so oh. cool. What is it? It's uh, a really... It looks like a toy, which is kind of cool, but it um, it's a really powerful synthesizer and sampler and all sorts of stuff. Um, and I've been having a great time with it so far. But that's probably the, the weirdest instrument I have right now. Right, do you th are, are you seeing yourself doing just like really, not out there, but like songs that are just whack <laughs> like with it, like just making just like really bending what a song can be and, and, and uh i i wish i could i don't know if i have super whack music inside of me but we're gonna find <laughs> out um, and some would even say that all of my music is whack i'm sure there's people out there that are not down for it but yeah i'm i i'm trying to to push it a little bit because i'm a little bored with just strumming guitars mm -hmm. and uh you know what has been like the most rewarding experience that came directly from your music uh winning six six red idol <laughs> Wow, it's just been downhill ever since. The, the hits keep coming. The hits keep coming. I will never, ever amount to anything. Um, sorry, what was the question? I just got so caught up. Um, so emotional. Everyone, please note that it does not get better after you're 11. In fact, it gets worse. Uh, <laughs> I was wondering, like, what, was the, what, what did you think was the most rewarding experience or aspect that you've gotten out of music or making your own music? I think the process of getting better at stuff is really fun. Like 
being able to, I don't know, make something that just feels like it's up to snuff in terms of sonically. That's been, that's been a really big thing for me because, you know, it's, you start out making music and there's always the um, like 20% difference of the professional sound to what, what you're doing at the moment. And then you just keep on kind of chipping away at it. And that's, that's been really fun. That's been really satisfying. I can't, I don't know if I can point to like one specific event that's been like, and there it is, the culmination. Uh, <laughs> but maybe it's right hard. around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're also all just like still so young. I feel like I'm still yeah. a baby sometimes. Um, so you never know. I feel like. I feel you. Yeah, I, I recently met someone who was in their 30s on a film set. And, and she seemed so cool and everything was put together. And I was like, this is your career and you make something out of it. And you're so cool. Like, how could I be there? <laughs> but I just have 10 more years <laughs> to get there. You know, I feel like yeah, that's all time. Yeah. 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 Do you usually come up with like an idea yourself and then you bring it to your bandmates or do you all work together to create a song? Um, I'm usually writing songs alone, but I'll bring the finished song with all the lyrics and everything to them. And then we track it all together. So they'll they'll write their their individual parts and kind of whatever comes up in the moment happens. You know, we, we don't we we try not to put too much thought into the orchestration of it all. It's just whatever feels good in the moment, and then it sometimes creates problems for me afterwards in mixing it. But <laughs> right, um, you know, it it work it it works. I guess it's pretty organic. I think that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Do you write the lyrics first or do you come up with like a, a lick or a riff? Or, I mean, does it, is it kind of like mixed? How does, how does it work? It's a little mixed. I mean, I, a lot of the time I'll be uh, doing something else and I'll just jot a lyric down in my phone notes and it'll, uh, so now I have my notes app on my phone is completely full of just horrible one-line one-liners. Um, and so, and then I'll, I'll start uh, like an, a, a musical thing, the, the track or whatever. And whatever that, whatever feels most appropriate to the, the music, I'll start writing lyrics, maybe based off of one of the notes and kind of make it work for the, for the music. So it's a, it's a bit of a combo. Yeah, no, that's cool. I. I've never been able to write lyrics ever in my life. They sound so cheesy. So I just have like huge admiration for anyone who could just write a cohesive song. <laughs> but like that also just hits differently, you know? <sighs> so hard. Are you trying to write lyrics over like the like orchestra type? Oh no, I, I left that in the past. Like I tried maybe in high school, I wrote one song with lyrics and then I was just like, this is not for me. And now I'm gonna, I'm gonna move on to something else. I haven't tried since. That's understandable. I think lyrics are horrible. Lyric lyrics as an idea are horrible. <laughs> trying to come up with anything is just the worst. But what's your process with writing? Um, like, what do you come? Do you come up with like a theme when you're writing, or what's yeah, the process? I like to let things like sit and marinate in my head for a bit. If I can, if I'm like allowed the time to do that. But yeah, I mean, usually I love to, I love working with textures. So I'll try to think of cool instruments I could use and um, orchestration that I'm thinking about. And it's sometimes a theme comes first, but I try to, you know, write it down on staff paper or go to the piano. It, I just sometimes don't even know how it starts. You know, like, I feel like we just 
it surprises me every time. Sometimes they'll come really quickly and then sometimes I'll be really frustrated and nothing's working and I hate everything, yeah. but you know. Are you, so when you're, when you're, um, are you using primarily MIDI instruments or how are you doing the recording of it? Right now, yeah, I have a yeah huge virtual instrument library. But I mean, ideally, in an ideal world, I'd love to just use live instruments. But you know, getting an orchestra together and getting like a, a scoring stage is just so expensive. Yeah. But you do you prefer to work with live instruments or I mean, what's yeah? Yeah, I like I like working with live instruments. Um, I mean, I'll use MIDI if I need a French horn, but mm -hmm. it's not often I need a French horn. Um, it's. I just think there's something, uh, it's easier to capture uh, like a vibe with live instruments for me. So I know a bunch of great producers who work exclusively in uh, in MIDI and they absolutely kill it. Yeah, it's just, a, it seems like a very different skill set. It's it's going from going from MIDI and turning it into a, into a, a full song always seems like you're working towards livening things and making them feel more natural. Whereas if you're starting from real instruments, you're you're working the opposite way. You're trying to make them sound more contained. And yeah. so it's just about which way you're comfortable working with it. Like track recording, I've recorded a few full orchestra type things. And I've had like a piano in the same room as a like cello and stuff. And it's a nightmare. But then mm -hmm. the ending product is always, you, you have to EQ the hell out of everything. But it, mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Two, two completely different skill sets. So yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting perspective that, that you just put on about depending on like what direction you want to go in. Yeah, like that. yeah. Mm -hmm. it's like, are you, are you trying to, either way, the job's tough, but which one are you, <laughs> are you more willing to, yeah. to work with? Yeah, choose your character. Which one do you want to go to battle with? <laughs> are things opening up again? Are you guys going to be able to play live music again? Have you done any virtual concerts? <laughs> I had a few Instagram live things, uh -huh. but I always feel weird about it. There's always yeah. like, a, I always feel like I'm, like the people that show up to them don't really want to, I always feel like I'm like, no, you have to stay now. You're in the <laughs> thing I can see when you leave. So I don't, I don't really love doing that. It always makes me a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but I did, I did two in the beginning and I haven't done any since. Mm -hmm. uh, but we are playing a show soon. It's all outdoors and like the socially distant I think I think we would be interested to hear a little bit more about like the making of Interstellar Tennis Champion Tennis Court Championship, <laughs> and um, long title. No, it's <laughs> I listen. You know, the 1975 is my favorite band, so I feel like the long titles are just they speak to me. So, what was okay? So you were going crazy. You're in quarantine. It's like what month is it? How long are we into this process? And then are you like okay, you bang out four songs, or is it like it was a more gradual than that? Um, that's a good question. I think I blocked a lot of it out. <laughs> not... uh, rightfully so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know what month it was, mm -hmm. but I know I wrote Love 15 first. Um, and ooh, I think, I, oh my gosh, maybe Rocket Guy first. And I, I remember actually, I briefly went up to Connecticut uh, oh, wow. right in the beginning. Um, and I wrote Rocket Guy in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember I showed it to my family because it's kind of doing this weird progression on guitar. It's, it's all major sevens and it's mo moving around mm -hmm. in a way that's just not that cool. Um, and 
I wrote it in Connecticut and I showed my parents and they were like, uh, no, that's not it. Don't, that's not it. And then <laughs> I was kind of like, okay, let's, uh, let's turn it into a, like a fake Basta and see mm -hmm. if that works. Um, and I did that and they like it more now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, good. Yeah. I don't, I don't really know what, what the process was with writing a lot of it. Mm -hmm. um, I know with Love 15, I had written that one just try. Oh, it was when I was trying to fix some stuff in our studio and I was just testing out a bunch of equipment and I just kind of made this loop and I, I made the, this whole demo of, of that song and it's vaguely about Pinocchio. I'm not sure why. Um, okay. Uh, that's, that's so funny. <laughs> I'm going to re-listen to that now and try to connect the dots. Yeah, I, I, some of the lyrics are, yeah, it's, it's super weird. Um, uh, I think that's why I blocked it out, because it's just all of it's pretty out there. Um, what else is on that? Computer Love Song. Mm -hmm. Computer Love Song is uh, about the movie uh, The Royal Tenenbaums by Wes Anderson. We love, we love Wes Anderson. I remember I was listening to it and then you were like, you're Gwyneth Paltrow and Mr. Tannenbaum. And I was like, what? <laughs> Did he just sing that? I think it's so funny when you, I don't know about you, but but there's not a lot of people from Wilton that I, I, I mean, other than like Rebecca and like some of my other friends, like I think for the most part, I'm not really sure what people are still doing outside of like a smaller group of people. And yeah, it's cool to, to, see when others like engage in stuff that you had no idea that they were engaging in with the not because they wouldn't not because you wouldn't but because I, I don't know it's just like a I don't know it's like I don't know what I'm saying <laughs> no, I, I think I know what you mean it's, it's always uh I feel like when you're a teenager or whatever like you don't realize that everyone everyone's being goes as deep as like your own. And mm -hmm. then all of a sudden you get out and you're like, oh, I know so many people and I never even like, Yeah. of course they have a bunch of feelings and stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, <laughs> That's and true. So I feel, yeah, I, I think back on, um, yeah, I, I haven't spoken to a lot of people from Wilton in a long time actually, but yeah, uh, just because I feel like so many people stay, stick around Connecticut or like they go to New York and everyone's kind of close mm -hmm. by, but um yeah so <laughs> as soon as you like leave the place it's kind of you're out of the bubble a little bit but yeah, yeah I still, still love every everyone from, from our hometown even the people on Wilson 412 <laughs> yeah uh yeah. the greatest the the greatest Facebook group that ever was no so anyway I love Wes Anderson so that's so that's oh, yeah. tied that together. <laughs> uh, oh I, I don't know if I said it but I just rewatched Moonrise Kingdom how was it oh my gosh it's incredible yeah the i watched it like two days ago mm -hmm. and i find that watching those wes anderson movies in particular like grand budapest always prompts me to write right after it like seeing mm -hmm. art in other mediums always makes me feel like making art in my own yeah um but yeah wes anderson's like the call I, i've actually i've written i think three songs about the royal tenenbaums I mean, what I mean, that Love scene it. where um, Owen Wilson's brother is like in the bathroom, Luke Wilson is in the bathroom, and oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. That one killed, I mean, obviously it kills a lot of people, but like it, it, it's so, I think it's kind of his peak, uh, best angst solidified into two shots. It's just oh, insane. Yeah. 
And they're playing uh, Needle in the Hay by... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. God, what's I forget. Fantastic yeah. artist, can't remember his name. Um, I wish I had my other guitar up here, but I have a sticker of Richie Tenenbaum on the back of one of my guitars because I just so love cool. this character so much. And I have another song called Richie Tenenbaum. Um, so I'm obsessed, I'm completely obsessed. What other arts outside of music influence you that aren't just Wes Anderson and music? <laughs> what are like, what are some other ones that inspire you to write music, create music? Um, I'm, uh, some movies a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. um, I find anything that's visual art really inspiring because I'm the opposite of a visual artist. I have so much trouble I can't draw anything and like coming up with album covers, I'm always like, ooh, I, I don't know what looks cool. So anytime I see something that's uh, visual art, I, it always, I always find it really awe-inspiring. Aside from that, yeah, I guess movies, not a huge TV guy. Music, also music, I love listening to music and that a lot of the time I'll be listening to music quietly and then write lyrics to another song and then- That's really cool. I, I love listening to music, so I feel like and the I feel like they're almost the opposite to you, where I listen to just like a crap ton of music and yeah, I always have it playing and and I get a lot of especially like mood and tone from I think so when I'm looking at my own work I can see I can hear all the songs that I was listening to when I was working on it you know that are oh sure yeah in the piece yeah very cool yeah that's cool it's cool to to get a little bit more insight on your processes for are you what what's new what's up what's coming up is there anything exciting coming up that you're uh, is there anything exciting coming up <laughs> that you're working on um i don't I, I need to i'm looking at my uh list of logic projects right now just to see if there is anything <laughs> on its way. uh i'm working on a few records for some other people at the moment oh cool are you producing them yeah, I'm producing mm -hmm. some some really fun records. For my own stuff, I think I'm starting to put out singles now. Some kind of rock and roll stuff. I have three songs that are are ready to go, but I need to get them mastered still, or I need to master them. And and aside from that, uh, yeah, just trying to put out more music and yeah, just increase overall output and not care too much about what it sounds yeah. like. Yeah, yeah, letting that. go of that feeling is it's. It's hard. It's hard. For yeah. me, it's hard. <laughs> well, you've been so great about sharing your music and sharing, you know, just insight on that. And so for anyone who is hesitant about sharing their art or really cautious about that, nervous to put it out there in the world, do you have any advice for any artist struggling with that? Mm. I think the thing that people always get caught up on is the feeling of, oh, I'm going to put something out and then everyone's going to hear it and hate it. And it's like, no, you're going to put something out and no one's going to hear it and no one's going to hate it. Like, that's the way it always works. No one ever hears anything you do. And I think if you always approach it with that mindset of like, and no one cares, then it feels a little better because it's not, it's not like, a, oh, I hope they like it. It's, it's out and it just has to be out. And that's the only thing that it mm -hmm. needs to be. It's a bit of a morbid way to look at it but I find it kind of comforting to know that, oh, it's I'm it's very low stakes. And mm -hmm. also so much of the music people consume, the vibe of it or like the coolness is coming from all the imperfections. So kind of spending so much time ironing everything out and making everything perfect just 
is sapping the cool out of it. So if that makes yeah. sense. Yes, absolutely. I love that, sapping the cool yeah. out of it. It's going to be the tagline of this episode. <laughs> Learning how to like <laughs> not. <laughs> and like, it's also worth considering the, what you are good at is all, you're already better at the thing you do than 99% of the people in the world. And so you're really like the, the last whatever percentage it is, maybe it's 15% of quality that you're adding to it by, by spending so much more time on it the average person who listens to it isn't going to hear that it's just there's just your skill level that you're already at so it's I mean, and this is not me saying oh forget working more on it it's just <laughs> i think there's always the the balancing act of how can you not spend too much time on yes the small details like you can spend you can spend three days eqing a tambourine if you want to but no, no. it sounds like some kind of version of hell honestly <laughs> uh yeah eqing is not my forte i i, I hate eqing i get you <laughs> leaving, just, leaving that to other people <laughs> talking with both of you just makes me really wish for the world to be back to semi-open like you know where we can actually like interact with other artists and, and, and figure these things out in person and not over like a Zoom call, you know, know. in the studio and stuff. It makes me, yeah. I don't know, not reminisce, but reminisce for the future if that's possible. Yeah, look forward to. I guess so, yeah. Yes. <laughs> but looking forward to doesn't that... have that same kind of quality of like nostalgia feeling that I'm trying to like impose okay. with saying okay. reminiscing. I like that. It's a bit of a time travel conundrum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's never going to be the same as it was, right? But... I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. Nothing will ever be the same. Um, <laughs> we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Um, <laughs> I feel, I feel, okay, but I feel like we asked everything. I mean, I, Rebecca, I don't have anything else. That, no, I mean, we got. This has been such an amazing conversation. It's been really. Well, it's been so great catching up. It's literally been since high school. I know. 20, yeah. I, what year did we graduate high school? 2015. 2015. What was our slogan? Um, making, no, making was, hist- oh, make was history. It? We're making history. I thought it was. Oh no, oh, that was the one four. five. The yeah, one five. Yeah, history. Oh. Well, at least one of us is doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations on hitting two million streams, by the way, too. That's absolutely. Oh yeah, amazing. is that crazy? Thank you so much. Yeah. Do you feel so? Sur- does uh, it feel surreal? Yeah, it's. Ex- no, it doesn't feel surreal because it's been a really slow, uh, it wasn't <laughs> sure. like one day. If it was like immediate, I'd be like, well, how'd that happen? But it's been the same gradual increase for the last two years. So mm-hmm. it kind of hit it and I was like, oh, that makes sense. Um, but also, uh, I think I, I'm trying to look at the like number side of stuff less and less because it's never satisfying. As soon as you hit mm-hmm. some milestone, it's immediately like, all right, I hit one million but it's not 5 million. Right. So, yeah. you know, the goalposts are always moving. So mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. trying to take more pleasure in the creation of the stuff versus um, yes. the numbers. And I'm, I'm not particularly good at that skill yet, but I'm working on enjoying that more. We're all learning. And it sounds like you're, you're enjoying, you know, you just, I, your music is just like so fun to listen to. So I Thank you so get much. the vibe that you're enjoying the process. <laughs> Um, Well, thank you so much for joining us today. You've been an amazing guest. Thanks for having me.
I'm Carter Vale. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Carter Vale Music and on. I think that's I think that's the only thing I have. Um, and yeah, thanks so much for listening. Thank you for thank you for coming yes, on the show. Carter. Thank you for being on the show. If you aren't already listening to Carter Vale right now, you can find his music on Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, SoundCloud, or I'm sure wherever else you get your music. Wait, so before you leave, one, thank you so much for listening to the show, but two, we have Rebecca and I have a little special rendition, never before publicly released, of our version of our sixth grade idol submission. One, two, three. Do, Do you, you need, need a blue sky, sky holiday? You, you should, should go, go Neptune and you'll see how the blueness will pull you in. Because <laughs> <laughs> the sun is a star and Jupiter's huge. Mercury's small and Saturn has rings. We love on Earth. Mars is red, Venus is bright, and Neptune is blue. Uranus lays on its side. Those are all the planets in the solar system. The solar system. The solar system. That was awesome. Uh, take that, Carter. We should have won. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> Thank you so much, Carter, for... No. Yeah, no, no thank I you, Carter, for being here, but also thank you for listening okay. to the show. <laughs> yeah, okay. Thank you, Carter, for joining us for our first episode on our podcast, and thank you all for tuning in. Uh, you can find Carter on Instagram at Carter Vale Music, and find out more information about him as well on his website, which is cartervale.com. You can follow me at Rebecca Nisco Music. And you can follow me at Quiet Open Space, all one word. Uh, you can follow us in the podcast at the podcast imperfect on Instagram. And if you are a featured artist and would like to come on the show, please send us an email at the podcast imperfect at gmail.com. Thank you so much. I hope you have an interstellar day, a cosmic Woo! day, <laughs> a cosmic a day, cosmic day. <laughs>